Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. What's up, Luca Nation? I'm supposed to be doing an intro here. I know Andrew asked me to do an intro. And, and to keep it short, so seven minutes from now, I'll let somebody else speak. And uh, you guys will all be laughing. So, um, you know, Andrew kind of said, uh, I had this idea. I want to do this kind of 10, 10 episodes with guests in 10 days, kind of recap after the national, get everybody on and, you know, get boots on the ground. And, you know, he's done a really good job of, of lining up some, some pretty impressive guests. I'm hesitant to name some of them because you never know if they're going to show up. These guys have pretty busy schedules. But, uh, you know, what I was telling our, 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 our guests today off camera is that, you know, even though we have some headline names in the industry, we have some guys who run companies, you know, CEOs, you name it, that I'm actually really excited to talk to Yam and Drake today because I saw both of them at the show. They were everywhere. We even made a comment about yeah, Yam may have a doppelganger. Yeah, there may be a twin Yam somewhere around because he legit is everywhere. Drake is 11 feet tall. But we saw them moving and shaking. We saw them doing their things. And, and this is the kind of stuff I want to talk about, right? Like these are the guys who are like, you know, they're in there. They're moving and shaking. They get a real feel for the pulse of the hobby because they're trading up. They're trading down. You know, they're, they're doing all kinds of cards. They know everybody. You know, they're really easily recognizable. So I'm excited for today's episode and our 10 guests in 10 days. And uh, I want to welcome Yamwax and Drake's PC. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks, Cage. What a what an honor to be on. I know you have some esteemed guests coming on, not least notably Drake up here. So it's great to be on with you guys. <laughs> How are we thanks doing, Cage? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. It's great to see all you guys. Uh, you know, I'm sort of sad it's it's virtual now. Um, it's so fun to be in person. Well, yeah, that, man. That's how that's how it started for us, right? Like we were kind of friends offline. I mean, just a funny story, guys. I mean, I told everyone this at National, but our first video ever for YouTube was our episode with Gary V. And Yam and I we were going back and forth. Yam, you know, whenever someone's new to the hobby like we were uh, with our podcast, Yam is like the first one to come out and support. Uh, and Drake's right there with them. So Yam's like, I love what you guys are doing. If there's any way I can help what you guys are doing, uh, let me know. So I was like, all right, well, you could edit this video. <laughs> and I sent Yam the video just super uh, presumptively. And Yam was like, you know what? This isn't what I do, but I'll dive right in. And I'll always remember that moment because it kind of is a testament to your character. Uh, you're always willing to help. And, and it's true. You, you might have a doppelganger, but everywhere at the National – you were supporting people. You were, you brought really thoughtful gifts. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, what was your impression of the National Yam, if, if you don't mind sharing? Wow. Um, well, my first impression is that I need to start making more money because there were <laughs> endless numbers of cards that I wanted to buy there. Dude. You know, you it's one thing to see these cards in, on Instagram, but to hold like a green or a red PMG in person. It really blows you away, you know, so whether it's, you know, people know me for collecting a lot of non-sport things. I also love sports cards and uh, I, I'm looking, you know, starting to strategize in ways I can level up into some of those really interesting cards. But, um, you know, some of the uh, I'm all about the people. So for me to run into you guys and, uh, you know, to get to rap with Cage when you're talking to Cage. He, he just starts talking and you're like, wait a second, where are the microphones? Are we recording a <laughs> podcast right now? 
Yam, I don't know how Yam was awake. What was it, like three thirty, three fifteen in the morning? Yam's awake, sort of. He's like, you know, nodding out. Yam and uh, but it was a cool. I mean, come on, you got Carvin, you got, uh, you know, we had Lefko there, we had a bunch of folks in in the room, and that was uh, I couldn't believe he was still awake, which is pretty funny. But uh, we had some, yeah, yeah, we had some cool conversations that went like for sure late late into the night with all those guys and um man what uh an authentic crew of people like and to see that i thought it was great to see people really are like who they represent themselves uh, as on instagram quite a bit like these personalities shine through in a way digitally that you real realize really are them uh in person except cage you know didn't have his diet coke along with them very often so <laughs> yeah but they were uh, expensive six dollars at the show forget it you know i, I mean <laughs> I, I can't do that i need to spend that on cards for sure. Except, you know, the, the physical attributes are a little surprising, whether it's Drake, you know, being the, the handsomest guy in the room and, and <laughs> tall as can be. Other guys like Jeremy from Sports Cards Live, they really just blow you away. I got to say, Nat Turner, Cage, if you and I were running PSA, uh, you know, we'd be mainlining KFC and uh, Coca-Cola's and Dr. Pepper's. And it looks to me like Nat is, you know, he's on the Bezos plan. Like they must share a trainer or something. He's got the pipes going. He's really fit. Like, that's impressive stuff. Well, what would you say? Would you give him a nine or a ten? <laughs> On you the don't have scale? to answer. You don't. Well, that's a little answer. strange, but you don't have to no, answer. dude. I just like, oh, Nat's got Nat's got pipes. I thought he was a skinny guy. <laughs> oh, funny. I mean, I was busy checking out my cards, not Nat, but you know, to each his own. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Drake, what was so? I mean, we met. It was by the GTS booth. Um, and, and someone was telling us a story, remember, we're actually going to have Mikey on the show uh, as one of the 10 guests. But Mikey was someone who picked up a $2,000 Kobe from last year, Kobe Prism Gold, at a show in somewhere in like Connecticut, really small show. Got it graded at the National, and it got a 10, and he was fielding six-figure offers. So we that's where Drake and I met with that story. Drake, was there something that you know left an impression, or did you have a favorite booth uh, that you went to? Uh, sh share a little bit about your experience with National. Yeah, so I'll just share, you know, just kind of walking in, um, it's overwhelming. You can prepare yourself for tens of thousands of people and thousands of dealers and tables, and you can lay your map out. Uh, but once you walk in the door, it's just, it's it's overwhelming. So the first day I was, uh, you know, here and there and everywhere and really had no plan, right? Um, there were a couple of pre-show deals that I made. And so I got those done kind of right off the bat to get that done. That way I kind of knew, you know, what cards I could go after after that point. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was really the first experience, uh, you know, just walking in, overwhelming, seeing all the cards and then kind of laying out the plan. Hey, Drake, can I jump in along those lines? When I first got there, Jeremy Lee uh, met me at the at the gates from Sports Cards Live and, and helped me in a little bit early with his vendor pass so that I could walk in and just look at the expanse of the place. He walked me to the middle and said, okay, stop right here and just look in all directions. And it's incredible. I, I recommend that any anybody, the first time, that's a great tip, you walk into that place, walk right to the middle and just stop and take it all in because it's so cavernous and huge. You were able to get in on the media pass? like Because guys, if you don't know, the show opened Wednesday at four, but for like media, it opened Wednesday at, I think it was like 11 a.m. And that's when I did Something the live. Like when there was kind of no people there, but you could see uh, a little bit of the layout and that was cool. So, uh, and, and Drake, did you go in with the mindset? I know you're a huge Drew Brees guys, huge, huge Manning guy. You got the Drew Brees ticket signed, right? Yep. Was that your, was that your best pickup of the show? Any other pickups you want to mention? 
Yeah, so the breeze pickup was really a last-minute kind of thing. It was on the last day. I was walking by. I just happened to see it. I talked to the dealer. He had, he had three of them. There's only three in the park report. He had already sold two. Um, and for me, as a breeze, pulled it all together, right? That was the, the game, the full ticket. Breeze is on the ticket. Um, he signed it. That was when he passed Peyton Manning uh, for the touchdown record uh, back in 2019. So just to pull all that together, awesome. Uh, but I'd say probably, you know, if I had to list, we'll just say three favorites from the show. So one of the things I wanted as a Peyton Manning collector, right, was a shield, um, a full shield. And I was able to find one from 2011 National Treasures. Um, it's a one of one. Um, I was able to make a trade for that, which was awesome. So whenever you can make a trade, um, it's very nice. It kind of keeps you from having to dip in the cash, right? Which um, of your children did you have to give up for it, though? That's, <laughs> that's a beast of a card right there. That's nice. Uh, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then the probably the, the – I don't know. It's hard to say, right? But I was able to get the 2015 Prism Manning. And so I had the 2012 through 2014 Prism Golds previously. Um, and so I saw one pop up on the PSA 9. It's the only one on the pop report uh, for – 2015 between BGS and PSA. So was able to snag that. Uh, that was one of the pre-show deals that I grabbed on Thursday. Um, and so now I think probably the centerpiece of my collection and just for, from a playing year standpoint, was able to pick up that last prism gold. Um, and so now I have the only, you know, graded, I guess you could call it highest graded prism gold set of Peyton Manning. So that was pretty awesome to be able to complete that. Um, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I want to go oh. a little bit different direction here, and but go ahead. Actually, I, I don't mean to. Cut I was going to say anyone, anyone should go to Drake's page and check out his Instagram. That display, he set them all up in a row of 2012 to 2015. Peyton Manning's the Golds. Um, what an awesome accomplishment, Drake! I know that's your PC, and it's been fun to see you focus in on it and really it, like to have the story that you locked in the last one of the national is just it's sweet, man. Definitely, thank you. You were, I mean there was an event every single night. So outside the show, there were a ton of events. And I'm curious, yeah, you, you've been in NFTs a little bit. You, you've dabbled in the metaverse. Have people, were people having discussions about NFTs? Were people talking about NFTs at the show? There was an undercurrent of NFT discussion for sure. It was almost like the kind of leaner discussion, like, yeah, what, you know, what uh, crypto punks or me bits or whatever other little bit crypto thing have you picked up? guys. And, you know, for me, I had recently done that Elon Musk project where I got out the 50 and attached NFTs to it. So I had people asking me about that project and then sort of using that as an entrance to say, by the way, I've, you know, recently I picked up some Zed horses or did whatever else. And the funny thing is I've never actually bought an NFT, even though I've minted some and I'm kind of, you know, dabbling in that space a little bit because I think it's important to be aware of it. Um, you know, there were a, a surprising number, including some really uh, like like guys who own local card shops who had said like oh I bought a CryptoPunk and and it ended up as a result you can get uh, other things that people just gift to you because you own a CryptoPunk and he's like I've sold enough of those now and flipped those that I bought more CryptoPunks and so like there there are people enthusiastic about it I don't know exactly what that means but it's interesting um, you know I, I gotta say one thing that I felt coming out of the show was that it's just incredible like I. I think one of the biggest things to have a show this big, let's say there were 100,000 people there. I have to believe no fewer than like 99,900 of them 
walked out of that place feeling like they were, you know, a winner, that they had a great show, whether it was the relationships or the trades, uh, buying something, you know, and, and considering how many people are spending up, putting up $2,000 to be there to walk out of there feeling great about that thing. Like that's, that speaks really highly of the event, the hobby and all the cool people in the hobby for sure. Got to give a shout out. I don't know if he listens to our show. I'm sure there's someone out there who's friends with him. Uh, a gentleman named Ray Schultz, right? He, he kind of puts that whole show on and he was, I mean, it blew my mind to put a show on of that scale. Like you said, a hundred thousand people. And I messaged him about a media pass and he was the one that was responding. It wasn't any of his staff or anything like that. So it, I think a little bit, I was going to ask you, you know, what, what makes a good show? Yeah. But I think it is that attention to detail, that heart that he puts into the show. Cause I, I totally agree. I love yeah. the guy puts heart into it like that. We got to hire him an executive assistant. Maybe that guy. Maybe he needs one. <laughs> For I've sure. been asking no. for an executive assistant for years, Cage. You say no. But that's it. You need the heart. That's why that guy has such a successful show. You got to take a lesson from that guy. No, don't point off the heart to the executive assistant. Heart. I love it. I love it. So how about this, right? So so, so you picked up your, you know, something you were going there for. And, and, and that's great, too, because it's like, you know, everybody says the national if it's not there. It's nowhere. You know, Drake, you found the card that like completed a rainbow, which is pretty awesome. And that ticket. Were there any grails for you, Yam, or was it more just you know meeting people? Did you pick up anything you like? Uh, pick up anything you were going there to find, or maybe something that was like a surprise, and you're like, "Ooh, wow, I wasn't expecting this, but I gotta have it." Yeah, uh, I the, the crazy thing is, it was like so nonstop, just meeting people, jumping to events, running into people, having conversations, which was awesome. That was like my number one goal was to you know collect handshakes and backslaps, you know, <laughs> like to meet all these people <laughs> that we love on IG and have like Instagram come to life and Twitter. It was so cool. Um, so I, I was, it was awesome to meet all these guys, but part of what, what a couple of goals I had was to assess what caught my eye because I have a lot of different collecting avenues. And so what is it that really stands out to me? Where do I want to focus in on the most within my own collection? That was big to me. I did want to get to dollar boxes and kind of sift through dollar, $10, $20 boxes and just sort of sift through and find some cool stuff. I never had time for that. It's like, uh, it's nonstop. I did grade some cards. So I graded, uh, three of my Andre the giant cards. And these are the 1973 Andres. Um, ended up getting a couple of eights and a seven on those. So I was really excited because they're old hand-cut cards. So pretty mm -hmm. pretty psyched about that. That was kind of my one thing that I collected back from the show. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was stunning. And then like to see some, just to get a feel for like, I, I enjoy sports as well as non-sport. So to see like a handful of non-sport cards interspersed into so many showcases, it wasn't like non-sport was had a, an amazing presence there, but it, there was a few, there's a few in almost every showcase. And it might be a few different things. It might be a celebrity in one or a, you know, a Marvel, some Marvel cards in another, but to see that presence there um, seeping into the sports cards, that was, that was pretty cool and reassuring that, you know, those chases are becoming more and more relevant. Are you surprised? So I, was, I want to ask you, like, how would you rank, you know, the presence there, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB. But, but first I want to ask, were you surprised that there wasn't more Pokemon at the show? Yeah, that did surprise me at first. That was like less than 10% um, overall, I'd say very few solid tables. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, I don't know if it, certainly if it was last October, November, there would have been Pokemon at every table, multiple just Pokemon solo tables. But but right now it does seem like um, that there wasn't as much as you expected. So, Can I, I throw know. one out there on that, guys? And yeah, you know, you're a Pokemon guy. I mean, you brought Tomy Scratch Pokemon to the world, right? I mean, I think no one had ever heard of it before. And they're really cool cards. Um, you know, some experts are like, you know, getting getting them from you. 
So my take on that, it's it's different than when I was at the show. You know, I was at the show. I was like, all right, there's no Pokemon here. Pokemon's relevant, irrelevant. It's dead. You know what I mean? There's only a couple of people who have it at the table. It's small stuff. You know, I'm going to go back and sell all my Pokemon cards. Like this is, I mean, this is the national, right? But you got to remember it is the national, right? It's not Pokemon. It's not, you know, uh, Comic-Con. It's not a recent show. It's not one of the smaller shows. And with that, you get something interesting, right? You know, we would all probably agree right now that what drives the hobby is basketball. But when you walk into there, the surprising thing to me is how much baseball there still is. And I think it's because you've got guys who have been setting up at the National forever. I mean, I saw a guy who I used to buy packs from when I was a kid, who I used to see on Wall Street when I used to set up out there on on Wall Street and Broadway and set up my showcase out there selling cards. And I actually saw him. I'm like, you're still alive? You know, I said that to him. I go, I guess it's a good thing that you are, you know, but I was like, whoa, you know, not the nicest thing, Gage, but hey, who's ever accused me? You're you're a charmer, Gage. I am, I'm a charmer. So, you know, but, but my point is there are, I think the national is one of the the last bastions of that vintage baseball, where baseball still kind of has that fifty percent or forty percent of of the showroom floor. There are guys sitting there with binders of ungraded cards, you know, ungraded vintage all over the place. Most shows you go to that are newer shows, they don't have that. I think that that might have edged things like you know Pokemon out, some of the non-sports that out at the national. I don't think it's a real great indicator of like the overall hobby. That's just my take, or maybe I'm trying to convince myself of that because I don't sell all my Pokemon cards. Yeah, I no, feel uh, that cage. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Drake. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say that I think that's right. You know, I was I was thinking about that, and at the end of the day, what is the National Sports Collectors Convention? And so, like you said, Cage, you're not getting a lot of the non-sport cards there, even though there were some. Um, so, you know, it's the the Pokemon market. I think has taken a step back, but I think the right um, are very healthy long-term investments and great for long-term collectors. Yeah. And you, you had talked about how there are these established dealers and because they're established, they're the ones that probably get to renew at the national every year. So they're the ones that are most visible too. So it was really stunning when you first walk in and you do see table after table of that vintage baseball and vintage sports stuff and realize how much of it is there, there is out there. But I think it's really in strong hands too, where you can only kind of go to get it at these shows. And and it doesn't pop up on eBay regularly. They, these are dealers that know how to you know, leak it in the market. But you, uh, Andrew, you talked about the events. One of the things that I found, if it's a tip for anybody like going to these events and nationals, is that always, um, you know, always plan for things to take longer than you think. Like I, I would want to go to two events in a, in a night, and I'd be like, okay, I can go to this one event and then jump over to the other one in an hour and a half. Like no, suddenly four hours later, I don't even realize it's that late because you've been in these great conversations. You're barely able to make the next event, and and things just like it, the conversations are awesome, but it's hard to really pack it in as much as you know. We I I would like a double on those things. It's a great piece of advice. I remember saying to Andrew, "Hey, we're gonna finish this episode. I'm gonna run over. I'm gonna hit this. I'm gonna be there for half hour. Then I'm gonna go to this, and then when I'm done, I'm gonna come back." And, and, you know, meet our group and we'll, we'll meet her at the bar and we'll, you know, we'll go back. And I remember like, you know, the dinner was at nine o'clock and it's like, you know, almost midnight. I'm, I'm messaging with the group. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. We're still coming. We're up to dessert. You know, like, you know, the restaurant's not really speeding it up. They don't need to get you out of there. So you're a hundred percent right, man. You know, budgeting the time is, it you know, it's, it, <laughs> it's tough to squeeze in everything you think you're going to squeeze in. I always say it reminded me of like uh, what I picture an Olympic village to be like, because anywhere you went and those like those events, I mean, people would pour in and out and you'd be like, oh, I I know you. I recognize you. I've seen you there. So uh, it was just so easy to meet people. 
I'm curious for, for both of you guys, maybe Drake, you'll start off and, and then DM you go. Seeing the average demo, seeing so many kids there. I mean, Cage and I, we ran into a kid who was like on his phone on one hand. He had cards in his other hand. He was like, oh, my God, I, I just got this card. I'm going to list it. You know, It was I saw one the of the 50. coolest things ever. He had just got like a prism silver pack, I guess, from Panini or like a Panini silver pack. And he's a Cage, look what I got. And it was a Jeff Gordon out of five. And he's got the packs yep. in one hand. He's leafing through them. And he's got his phone in his other. And he's like, well, look, my comps. One out of 50 of the same card just made 30 bucks. So mine out of five shit. So I'm going to put it up for 100 bucks. Let me listen. And he's listening on eBay. And I'm like, I'm like, where are your parents? You know, he's, like, the, he's, like, he's, still, he's still in diapers. Like, so that's my question. Drake, would you bring your kids to the national? Yes, 100%. You know, I, I, I thought about that. So my son is eight right now. Um, and that's who, who's really into cards. And just thinking about having him walk that much, I think it would probably be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but really next year, I think it'd be a perfect age to bring him. Um, and I think he'd have a blast uh, just walking around and seeing all the stuff. And just, I mean, it's not just cards, it's memorabilia and it's people and it's artifacts, you know, the stuff in the center. And, um, like that's just pieces of history. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I would absolutely bring my son, uh, plan to do it next year. But the other thing, too, that I thought was was amazing to me was just seeing all the kids with the, the types of cards and the amount of cash that they had. I'm sitting there going, you know, when I was a teenager, I was screwing off and, doing, and these kids have wads of cash and, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollar cards. Uh, that thing just blew me away. But but I think it speaks to because they're a lot of the cards were the right cards. You know, it's LeBron autos, it's Jordan autos, it's, it's things like that. It's not really the prospecting type stuff. So I think that speaks uh, highly to um, the overall future of the hobby. Yeah, I want to I, I want to hear your take on this. But I, I just had a thought. You know, like we always see NBA players, NFL players, pro athletes. You know, they 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 get rich and then they go bust, right? And there's something about when you have this money to manage at a young age. It, it seems like a lot of money, but relative to life, you, you do make more than twenty, thirty thousand. But you get this like as a kid. You get to learn like the principles of money management and keeping a bankroll and and budgeting, accounting, and I think those are such valuable lessons. I think if we all go back to school. None of us are really taught personal finance or budgeting and any of that stuff. So I think it's actually a good thing that those kids have those lessons. Yeah, I agree. The uh, there are going to be kids that go bust, but turn that into you know a million dollar sales job at IBM someday. You know, it's they're going to go from the exciting to the boring, but they'll always have collecting in their blood. You know, so those are the those are the guys who are going to be buying uh, crazy Jordan rookies and LeBrons and Lucas. You know, in twenty years, um, I, I was a VP of sales. You know, in my past, and and we would love to find people who had an early hustle. Whether you know at the towards the end of my career, it was finding guys who were in the shoe game, but you know, it could be anything, anything that they like to flip as kids. Uh, or or teens, so that's really cool. Like I, I was saying, like I feel this national officially put on the map that a new generation has arrived in the hobby. These twelve to thirty year old guys who are are flipping up into next levels for sure, and they're looking up to guys like you. Um, you guys are their celebrities. Um, also, folks like you know Ryan Card Collector too, and and uh, you know Sasha Tamadon and everything. Like those guys are you are all glommed on because these kids you know they see you as as uh, goats of the hobby and so it's really cool I, I feel like we're in a moment and I don't want to get anybody to get too excited but but before this national I was kind of like we're about to go on a upward incline maybe somewhere between three to ten percent a year we're in a good place it's really healthy now I feel like there's a little bit of tinder out there that says 
you know, we the hobby could have like a Chris Moneymaker type of moment where one of these young guys uh, who are becoming micro celebrities in the hobby could become real celebrities. You know, the right show highlights someone like that. And of course, we have the Ken Golden thing, but maybe someone else comes out of that that uh, becomes a story of someone who had flipped $500 into a million dollars. And it's going to be really wild to see uh, what happens with that. Well, not to throw the water on the Tinder, but we all know you talked about your VP of sales job, right? So I'm going to take this a little, a little, a little differently, right? You're a recruiter. You're a headhunter, right? So if I yeah. want to say after after you spent this time this week at the show, if if you were tasked to find someone, a job role, doesn't be a specific person that was missing from the show, who would you? Yeah, the M only places CEO's cage. So the CEO of what was missing at the national, like what would you have added? And it could be anything. I would add more food and cheaper soda. You know what I mean? Like it could be any. It could be like small. That's you know, a- w- 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 to make it perfect for you. What was missing? That's Besides, the layup, brother. Oh, it's Pokemon. <laughs> Good. I, I mean, I think some of us are lucky to have our own personal concierges. You know, where we we have a buddy in the hobby who does vintage and has already scoped out the show and said, "Hey, go to this table. Go to this table. Go to that table." But to have like on the high end, you'd want for these high end guys dropping in concierges to come in and say, "Oh, I'm going to guide you through the show." But but stepping back to the everyday uh, attendee, um, so it's it's someone to oversee. Like, let's make this more navig you know navigable for your standard attendee like this is the area for a select group of cards you know really great signage at times it was hard to find like where the 500 row was and so i feel like maybe just creating the navigation uh creating a a better system for that maybe it's an an app would be really helpful but um yeah make it make it easy to find stuff i love it drake uh any any commentary on that anything you would change ed oh man that's tough i mean i i I'm not sure if there's anything that I can think of off the bat. You know, I think if there was a CEO just like showing you around, yeah, <laughs> it would be good, so, right? So, guys, what do you yeah. think of this, right? So, so I'll tell you, I'll I'll, I'll give credit to Sasha Tamadon, right? And Yam, it's right on top of what you talk about, and Drake, same thing to show you around because it's huge, right? It wasn't until I was an hour from leaving that I noticed that there were signs on the on the aisles that said thousands, nine hundreds, five hundreds. You know, like I didn't even know, I had no clue. People giving out booth numbers, I don't know where the booth numbers were. They're all numbers. I didn't see anything. But but here's this, the credit to Sasha. We made a trade, we made a deal. I kept throwing additional cards onto the deal to get to my number, right? And about know, six, eight hours after our deal was done, his Instagram story posted, these are available. Here's the price. Here's what's available from the cards in our deal that he obviously didn't want. And he's now going to you know work himself back down to his number, right? So that's great because now if you see him, you know he has those cards available. Yeah, to your point. I didn't know where to look for certain cards. Like you mentioned PMG greens and reds, like, right? Like just your, your example. I didn't see a green at the show. I mean, I did. I saw a couple of greens in a showcase. One guy, a couple of reds here and there. Right. But what if, and this is, you know, Ray, I know he's busy, but what if the website as part of what you were bringing to the show, as part of like your, your package, in addition to getting a table, let everybody record a 30 second or one minute. Here's your pieces. Here's the high level stuff that have with prices. So like Sasha, there's in a story, you know what I mean? And what if that was like a rolling thing? Like every day here, guys at my booth, LJ's cards or at my booth slab stocks, here's the 10 pieces I have available for this price. You know what I mean? That way you can like sort of, you can plan your day. Like instead of meandering around and not knowing what you're going to happen upon in these things, um, which is fun as well. But, but I think you're right. I think, you know, sort of like a little direction would be better. And also grouping up the show, like conglomerating, like all baseball vintage, one spot, right? Mm-hmm. You're, if you're mainly, if your table has 80% baseball vintage, you're going to be in the, the back left corner, right? If you have mostly modern basketball, you're going to be in this 
because of Gil Sa. Like those are the kind of things I think would would make. It's sort of like you know Disney, right? You know, you got Adventureland over here and Tomorrowland over here. Let's figure that out, right? What, what do you guys think of the main stage? Do you think they did, did a good job, kind of? Because when you're on a main stage, that should be a level of respect and notoriety. Do you think they did a good job with that main stage, or are there any ideas that they could do, like maybe break out the main stage? And I'll go to you, Yam, first, at Drake, uh, and then I have a few more questions too. So, I thought I thought the main stage host did a bang up job. Um, Ivan, watch the breaks, uh, is just like a natural host. So, like he, I think he, in some ways, he sort of saved it because unfortunately, there's some ambiance issues. I think there with the with the noise in the background. Um, but you know, you you can only predict that so much. But it was too bad. Uh, but it it was in a good location where people are waiting in line for PSA. Um, they, they see the show. The other thing, it, it, like to make it very centralized to have a live stream of the stage, because there were times like Jeremy Lee went live at one point when Gene Arenas was being announced as a new designer for Upper Deck. I thought that was so cool and I almost missed it, but I only caught it because I saw Jeremy go live when I was walking through the show. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to run over there. And I, and I got there just in time. So uh, perhaps that live feed would be cool too. Yeah, so I think the stage was a good idea. I mean, it, it, in my opinion, if it was maybe located somewhere else was good. So it was hard for me to get over there. Like I felt like when people were on stage, I was always on the other side of the center. And so you're having to trek your way over and then you'd be like, oh shoot, where was I? And then making your way back. So if it was more centralized, I think it would be good and maybe provide for a better um, showpiece, I guess, uh, because I feel like I missed a lot of stuff. I, I still caught some things, but I also feel like I missed a lot of stuff. Um, so where do you, I'm curious, so maybe you could answer this question two ways, you know, where do you think after seeing the show, where do you think the hobby community is going? And you could answer this, you know, for the older generation, but also for, you know, I know you have an eight year old son next year, he'll be nine years old. You know, where, where do you think that hobby's headed for the, for the kids too? So I guess the easy answer, right. Is I think if it's the right cards and the right players, no matter the age, it's up and to the right over time. Right. So there's always going to be more and it's not just values. There's always more, going to be more collectors of those cards, of those players. Right. Obviously, values will potentially go up. There will be ups and downs. But I do think that, you know, I think the market, um, the overall health of the hobby. Um, once again, on the right cards, the right players, I think we're, we're poised for great long term success. I love it. I I was going to say to have a couple things to have so many people at the show and to create these collisions. Like I, I didn't carry my case with me because the show was so packed until the last day, but I was so glad I did because you would meet up with somebody and you'd both pop open your cases and you just start like showing each other cards that you have and be like, Oh, I check this out. This is really cool. Uh, I met a Luca nation guy, you know, and, and, and then he's showing me a couple of cards that he just picked up and had on, on him. And uh, like to get that inspiration from each other just fuels the next interest, the next chase, you're bonding together. And it's creating this foundation for the hobby that puts it in a really good place for the long run. The other thing that I really found great, and I think if you're at a show and maybe, you know, you if you had a bad experience, ran into a flipper, it, everything seems a little commercial. Go out and find an artist. Like I talked about Gene Arenas, but uh, we were at that party cage uh, with Blake Jameson and, um, and all the other artists there. But also guys had shown up like Donnie B Collectibles and card killer uh and those guys and and really even like uh you know uh peter pacman and slabby sosa like they're artists too they're music artists right and those guys mm -hmm. are so pure they're so authentic like they're they're painting and they're cutting up cards and they're doing some 
something totally different than I'm doing, but I really like love how passionate they are about it and how much the nostalgia and everything builds on them. But it's not a value thing to them. It's about like, hey, can I create something cool from this? And uh, like the most authentic people, the most authentic conversations you could have with people uh, are those guys. And so shout out to those guys doing really neat stuff, even if it's not necessarily what I do. Um, I love what they're doing. It's funny how the art and the hobby kind of mesh like that all the time. I, I sent Andrew a message uh, from Bleaker Trading two trade nights ago, and I'm like, I'm hanging out with a guy named Hoodie Allen. Like, I don't know, you know, and he's like, oh, get out of here. I'm like, yeah, here he is. We're talking about Babe Ruth, you know, like, I don't, what do I know, you know? But Blake Jameson, just a quickly little hit on that. Um, you know, we came home with a lot of cards. I gave Ian a lot of cards, you know, and one of the cards I got at that event was a Blake Jameson, like Aaron Judge card. And Ian took it to camp with him today. Like, of all the cards, he's like, I'm going to take this out to show people. It's really cool looking, you know? Like, he'll probably lose it or whatever. I hope not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, you know, of all the cards, of all the cool stuff you know, we have, he's like, I'm taking this. I'm going to show everybody. It's from the artist, you know? So, you know, it, it, yeah. it's definitely a cool thing. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, we want to keep these to about 30, 35 minutes. So, could you use this platform? I think you've done the the SGC, the NFT with Elon Musk, as well as anyone could have rolled out an NFT. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you actually have one in Golden's auction coming up too. So I, I would love for you to use this time and this platform uh, to share a little bit more about that project because it was super cool. Oh, sure, man. Let me, let me address the one going to Golden. Uh, I I found a lot of 80 of these and I graded 50 and sent 50 to SGC. Um, to give out to my buddies in the hobby. And this copy I'm holding is the card that I gifted to my son and talk about uh, bringing back for something for my son. He kind of helped me and I walked him through the whole project as I was working on it. And he didn't know he was getting a card until I got back from national. And so he was really psyched, you know, he gave dad big hugs is really, really fun and a good moment because he's my buddy who got me back into the hobby. So uh, shout out to little yam. But uh, yeah, so I gave, uh, he's just gonna be 10 this month. So wow. you guys all have kids the same age, by the way. Because next I'm bringing, year, I'm bringing Ian. Good, we're gonna have 100. I mean, we're gonna have we're gonna have like I don't Good. know what we're gonna do, but like a kid break or something. <laughs> Breakers corner <laughs> for sure, fun. man. But um, but yeah, so I I created an NFT for each of these and I gave them to people I appreciate in the hobby, and it was an experiment for me to um to I was thinking about how like digital and physical are melding together, and so I created an NFT of each card that's just a video of the card like spinning around in circles, and um and is the same number uh, as the card. And so like, if you had like cage, you got the 32nd ever graded SGC card and that had the 32nd ever minted NFT to pair with it, right? For the big man for Shaq. Shaq. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, buddy. And so uh, I, I did those as a screw and it was really, really well received. People think the NFTs are pretty cool. Um, they're, you know, they're paired with the card. If anyone ever sold the card, they'd probably also send the NFT along with it. So it's to get us thinking about how we're going to, maybe things will exist in the physical world and the the so-called metaverse or like in these VR experiences and stuff. So it's just to like, for me to get the learnings, to play with it, to show appreciation to people. And then I also graded one at PSA and one at uh, BGS, but the PSA one, you know, you don't, you don't give Ken Golden an Elon Musk card or any card, you know, he's got everything. So uh, I was like, well, what do you give Ken? You give him a consignment. And so I gifted uh, my PSA 10 to Ken. If there's no NFT tied to it, it's just the card. Uh, but he gets to choose the charity of his choice for those proceeds to go to. And it's going to be in whenever that upcoming pop culture auction is. So. Talk about, you know, I mean, talk about contributing to stuff, right? I mean, like, it's charity. It's a cool piece. It's bridging the old and the new. Uh, you got pop culture, which everyone's, everybody's, you know, involved in now. You saw Jay-Z cards sell for record prices and you name it. And it's all Yam, the ambassador of, uh, of cool shit. That's what I'm going to call you, man. <laughs> I mean, Keith, that's why I wanted to bring both these guys on because – 
I mean, in different industries, when new businesses or new guys like us start up, a lot oftentimes the industry rejects them, right? They're like, oh, these guys are new. I feel like Drake and Yam, they've been commenting on our stuff, supporting us literally from day one. And, you know, like the, like they've given trust before maybe we even earned it. And I thought that was cool because, okay, we can bring on business owners and content creators. But also I think the glue that holds the hobby together is the people that actually support all of those. Uh, and, and I just want to give a shout out to both those guys because they do it and they don't do it superficially either. Like, like think about what Yam just said. Oh, I gave you number 32 because I know you like Shaq. So it's like, it's, it's also that nuance as well. So I got to give a shout out to both these guys. We, we knew each other virtually. I, I think we became best friends. Yeah, wow. you said you Who went to the hobby Who are best for high fives and back slaps. True or false? Lefko gives the best back slap. Bro, I, I <laughs> so Lefko, I, I barely see him coming. And all of a sudden I'm engulfed in this like giant bear from Lefko is so, so cool. Um, yeah, man, he, I, and it happened to be like, I had this 360 camera with me to shoot some like fun 360 video and photos. And I didn't realize I had it on. So I've got this image of like Lefko coming in, like to just, you know, <laughs> absorb me. It was pretty amazing. But uh, the other guy is the other guy who is like that is Peter Pacman. He is just like a breath of fresh air. He's got so much energy. And I was, I'll never forget my second day walking into the national. I just hear from like, oh, it feels like across the hall, you know, someone just yelling, yeah, I turned around as Peter Pacman running towards me. And uh, it was so good to meet those guys. But yeah, there was, there were a lot of uh, really cool guys some guys I hadn't met before, like, uh, or even talked to very much on IG, like G and Kaushik or just super smart, really, really neat guys. And so new friends, old friends, uh, I was so blast. But to you guys, man, um, you know, talking about supporting you from the beginning. I love people that set audacious goals and you're like, we're going to record every day. And I got to say, I didn't believe it. Uh, you know, but I, but I wanted to support it and I love that setting that out there and, uh, you just keep going. It's impressive. We prove guys. you wrong. We prove you wrong. Yeah. Right. We keep going. We do not stop. We do not stop. Left go a quick left go story. I like him. He, he did it in his left go voice. Cause I was giving a hard time to basically saying how he, he managed to, to become a list from D list. Cause he just switched, he switched his field, right? As a left go, you know, you took your, 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 your D list celebrity in sports and turned it into an A list celebrity in, uh, in the hobby. And he's like, Cage, you know, with his left go, Cage, I, I, I hate you, but I love you. You know, like, it's, well, it's like, all right, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's, that's kind of how most people feel, you know, it's okay. I'll take it. But to anybody out there who's listening, right? Anybody who's building up content, anybody who's building up their page, right? These two are the, the poster children for it. Right, Yam and Drake, there are others out there, but but these are the guys who you should be doing your content for, right? These are the guys who you you have to realize, yeah, they're posting on your page, they're they're putting comments out there and stuff like that. They are the real people in the hobby. They're the ones that build a brand for you. They are the ones that build a community for you. And we didn't realize that when we started, but I'm glad we didn't tell you guys to go f off. I'm glad we, you know, like the comments. I'm glad, you know, that we, you know, we we helped you guys, you know, grow into our community, and you helped us grow that community. So anybody out there who wants an ambassador for their brand, anybody out there who wants to, you know, to really, you know, get in with the good hobby crowd, these are two guys, you know, that they're your lieutenants, and um, we, I can't say thank you enough for, you know, for all the support you've given us literally since day one. So thank you both. Oh, you're most welcome, guys. I mean, uh, I'll flip it around. I'll say that you guys are the biggest, you know, blessing to the hobby, right? Just like Yam said, the daily podcast. It's something I look forward to when I wake up every morning. In fact, I probably wake up earth, like sooner than I probably should <laughs> just so I can listen to the previous day's podcast. I mean, I, it's, it's literally one of the best parts of my day. I, 
you know, I love the interaction. Um, I've, I love the content. So just want to flip it around. You know, I appreciate the thanks, but the true thanks truly goes to you guys. Well, we'll give a big shout out to Little Yam and Little Drake all over the place because you're going to be listening to this, right? So we got to make sure you guys are celebrities now too. That's it. Little Yam, <laughs> Little Drake's all over the place, right? So it's fun stuff. Anything so, else? So you guys, are bringing the, you guys are bringing the kids to AC next year. I know you guys aren't from the East Coast. Do you know the reputation Atlantic City has? I'm a little I'm nervous. The boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Change only gotten worse. Not... It's only gotten it's only gotten worse. So what's interesting? I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I'm curious to see how it works because the boardwalk has a lot of hotels. Um, but the convention center, which is where I assume this show is, is not on the boardwalk. It's not in there with the most of the hotels. And there's a couple of hotels also set back in a marina. So there's definitely enough hotels for people, but picking the right hotel, whether you're going to be on the boardwalk, but not at the convention center, I think there is a hotel attached to the convention center, which will be convenient for the show, but probably not for anything else. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting, but I give some credit again to the national. They, they started tweeting already 51 weeks. Like they did not, they didn't stop. They're back on it again. They're ready. They're 364 gone. days to hockey tryouts. <laughs> Luca Nation, I'm, this, I knew this was going to be fun. Yam, Drake, thank you guys for coming on. It's a pleasure. Glad we became friends at National. This episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.